CSN International presents to every man an answer, the live apologetics program that equips you to give a reason for the hope that lies within you. If you have a Bible question or a question on the Christian faith, you can call us at 1-888-827-5276. Again, that's 1-888-88-ASK-CSN. Let's get things started. Here's today's host, Mike Kessler. Hi, and welcome to Tuesday's edition of To Every Man and Answer. And we once again want to just uh, say thanks for listening and pray that by the end of the program, you'll have learned a little bit more about God, the Bible, and God's plan for your life. You know, we take this time, and we set it aside every weekday afternoon to answer questions about the Bible from the Bible, look at current events from a biblical perspective, and to really address what people believe as they go to church. And we found so many times in doing this program for so many years, so many decades, actually, that so many things that people believe aren't even in the Bible at all. Things that they adhere to, things that uh, church dogma rather than the Word of God. So if you got a question you'd like to ask us, that number to call again is 8888-ASK-CSN. You can be part of the program today. Joining me today, special guest featured CSN speaker comes on one hour before to every man and answer. We have with us John Randall from Calvary Chapel, South Orange County, right down there by uh, San Clemente. Hi and welcome. Mike, great to be with you. I hope you had a great Thanksgiving and all of our CSN family as well. It's, uh, you know, for us, it's not just uh, one day a year. We live thankful. We are uh, full of gratitude today, and I'm I'm really thankful to be here on the program uh, with our CSN family, and excited what God has for us in this hour. Amen. You know, I've always shared that if you're not thankful for what you have, you won't be thankful for what you get, because thankfulness is the condition of the heart, and mm-hmm. thankfulness causes us to take inventory of God's blessings in our life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and how may I use those blessings to bless other people? So important in these days that That's we right. live. Again, the number, we got some lines open, 8888-ASK-CSN. You can be part of the program today. And um, trust uh, John, you had a good uh, Thanksgiving and look forward to the program today with you. By the way, all those on the Big Island, if you're near Pahoa, I will be speaking this Sunday at the Puna Baptist Church on Kapoho Road uh, there in Pahoa. And uh, starts at 1030. Love to see you all. We're going to be looking about how important it is for you to be about your father's business. Oh, so many things, so much time we can lose and waste playing on the wrong side of the fence. And so we're going to talk about that this Sunday. And I think you'll really be blessed. Again, uh, Puna Baptist Church, Pahoa on Kapoha Road uh, at 1030. Love to see you there. Let's go to the phones. We have Michael on the line in Idaho. Hi and welcome. Hey, pastors, I just want to say uh, God bless you guys, first of all, and uh, thank you guys for everything that you guys do. And uh, so I have a couple things for you. Uh, a few days ago, I got some blood work back that uh, isn't very good, and I look like I have a little bit of a uphill battle, so requesting prayer for that. Mm-hmm. And, and we certainly will second- do that. Thank you so much. And the second one is I, the question that I had is, you know, most of my life I've been kind of an I person. I can fix this. I can do that. And uh, so with my walk with Christ, um, it's been challenging 
putting my full faith in God and letting go and letting God work in my life. So what would be maybe your recommendations to work toward that? I mean, I prayed for the Holy Spirit and, you know, really immersed myself in God's word, but uh, something that faith for, for faith, um, just putting your full trust in God is something that it seems like I still sometimes have troubles with. What would, uh, what would your guys' you know, advice be? Well, it sounds like, based upon your prognosis, that you have a situation now, you're a fix-all kind of guy. I'm, I'm that way, too. I'd rather fix it than throw it away um, and, and stuff. But you know, sometimes God allows us, and this need that you sense in your life, in your spirit, to, grow, to draw closer to God, to rely upon him to fix it. You have a situation now that you can't fix. Uh, this blood uh, uh, condition that, that you got the test results back on. And I believe sometimes God, not being mean to us, but because he wants to show us who he is and who we are, I think a lot of times God allows, I'm not saying he always does it, but I think he allows things to come into our life that are, in fact, bigger than we are, that go beyond our ability to fix things and repair things, all those kinds of things, to demonstrate to us that He is God. And again, He's our Daddy. Now, I believe, just as you said earlier, Mike, that God is the great healer, but I do believe God allows things to come into our life that are bigger than we are. So, we're not only reminded of his sovereignty, but we're also his power. If I could do everything myself, I don't need God. And this goes for many Christians as well. Your thoughts? You know, I, um, Michael, I definitely, we're going to pray for you before we uh, yes. hang up. But I want, I want to say, you know, the Bible does say much about faith. It's a, it's a integral, vital part of the Christian life. And, you know, in Hebrews chapter 11, the writer says, faith is actually the substance of things hoped for, and it is the evidence of things not yet seen. Furthermore, the Bible says in Hebrews eleven six, without faith, it's impossible to please God, for he who comes to God must believe that he exists and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And I think as your faith currently is being tested by the fact of the prognosis that you've been given, you asked, how can I, how can my faith and assurance be in God? I, I just, the one passage I think of is in Romans ten seventeen. it says, so faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. As you continue to meditate on the scriptures, look to the word of God, you know, what's going to happen. Your faith is going to increase. You remember Jesus was asked by the disciples. They said, Lord, increase our faith. And Jesus said, listen, if you had faith, the size of a mustard seed, uh, you could say to this mountain, be removed. And and it's not so much my great faith, but God's great faithfulness to me. Even a little bit of faith in a faithful God goes a long way. And so we're going to pray that as your faith is currently being tested, that it would grow and expand as a result as you keep yourself in the Word of God. Yes. And, and you know, um, when you ask, where's a good place to start? I think, first of all, we have to remember who we are. That uh, the Bible says we're, we're, we're wonderfully made by him. And I really believe a good place, a, a uh, good place to read is 
the book of Philippians. I always love that book. Paul doesn't have any corrective real language in it. It's just a book bound for joy. And I think really, Michael, that would probably be one of the greatest things that you uh, can grow because when we're joyful in the Lord, our faith in the Lord increases. And this is one of the things. And to realize that it isn't because the things that happen in this life, God doesn't love us. It's because he's showing us his greatness through it all. Someday, face-to-face, we'll stand before him, and uh, what a wonderful day that'll be. But until then, we're to be salt, we're to be light, and how to do that? Well, again, a joyful heart is so important. You know, I've been around Christians that I think they were baptized in lemon juice because they're just so sour. Uh, You know, and and whatever it is they are, I don't want to be what they are. Um, But, you know, you get around a person— that walks in faith in spite of the problems. I'll tell you somebody, one of the pastors that we have on here that really, really touches my heart and and that Daryl Skinner, he's been through a lot of health issues. He's got a treatment that he has to fly over to the mainland all the time from, from Honolulu where his church is uh, to have treatments because of this leukemia type uh, problem in his blood. Mm. And yet you talk to him and, you would never dream there would be a single thing wrong. And I'm going, wow, joy is important because here's the difference. Happiness is based upon everything going my way. Green lights, you know, uh, a, a car that starts, hey, I'm happy. But when things don't go our way, I can still have joy because the position of my heart is not based upon things going my way about positionally who I am in Christ. And I believe this is one of the reasons why I like the book of Philippians so much. Uh, Because again, it shows us that no matter what happens, I can have joy in him, not Mm. based on circumstances. Michael, can we pray for you? Amen. Mm. Yes, please. Father, we lift up Michael to you. We don't know all these things about the blood work, but you do. You're the healer of our bodies. He's Mm. already confessed that This is bigger than he is. And so, Lord, Mm -hmm. we just ask you, God who heals, would you extend your hand of healing to him? Grant him, God, the joy of your salvation. Bless him and encourage him. Mm -hmm. And again, may you just lift his heart and touch his body in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Amen. That's our prayer for you, Michael, and we'll see what great things God will do. Thank you, pastors. I greatly appreciate it. God bless you. Go go start reading the book of uh, Philippians. I know you'll be blessed. Hmm. Let's go to Joel. Oh, and stay on the line, Michael. We'll send you out some, some books, some DVDs I think you'll enjoy. Also a great encouragement and good to share with your family and friends. Let's go to Joel, Bellingham, Washington. Hi, welcome. Hi, guys. Hey, um, I know as believers we're uh, going to be experiencing some tribulation, but I'm trying to sort out right now uh, where does the where does our tribulation, so to speak, coming from the world and possibly from Satan, and when do we uh, or when does God begin to pour out His wrath? Because I know we're not supposed to be subject to His wrath, and I see that I think in Revelation six that is where God's wrath is first mentioned. So yes, uh, we'll we'll just. Uh, I'll keep it at that. 
Well, first of all, all the things that happen to mankind right now, uh, the Bible says this world was given over to Satan's hands. Uh, Satan, uh, after Jesus had fasted, brought him up into a high mountain and began to tempt him. And one of the temptations was, he said, um, behold, all the kingdoms of the world, they're mine and mine to whomever I want to give them to, if you'll bow down and worship me, Jesus. Satan said that to Jesus. What did Jesus come to do? Redeem the kingdoms of the world. Satan offered him a shortcut. And Jesus rebuked him. Now, I believe this is really important because Jesus didn't say, oh, no, they're not. They're not your real. No, he didn't. He Man sold the world into Satan's hands back in the garden, and we've been paying a price ever since. So oftentimes in your on, in your insurance cards, it'll say, or any other acts of God. Well, these aren't acts of God. Really, these are acts of the underworld. Um, we, we see we're living in a fallen world, and it continues to fall even more so, I think, daily. What makes the tribulation period different? These acts that fall upon the world are not mitigated by Satan, but rather by God himself. When the seals are broken, these cataclysmic things break out on the earth. This is completely different than what we experience now. So <laughs> Satan's wrath uh, right now, I believe it's because he hates all human beings. Now, we know that Satan breaks forth his wrath halfway through the tribulation when he comes down to this earth after he's cast out of heaven. The Bible says he's full of wrath and he knows his time is short and he wreaks havoc on the earth. So your thoughts, John? The Bible does say in John chapter 16 and verse 33, Jesus said, these things I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In this world, you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. The tribulation, as Mike mentioned, that Jesus describes here in John chapter 16 is tribulation that is a result of the work of the enemy, the adversary, the prince of the power of the air. When you think of the wrath of of, of Satan and the enemy, it's an evil force that seeks to oppose God and lead people away from him. And But when we're talking about the wrath of God, the difference is this is tribulation that is going to come directly from the throne of God. In fact, the Bible refers to it as the wrath of the Lamb. There's a significant difference. Yes, we all experience tribulation because we live in a fallen world, but the tribulation as it relates to the wrath of God is something that happens later on, and it comes from the very throne of God to judge a Christ-rejecting world. And so that is what I would say is is the difference um, between the two. The wrath of God is understood as divine response to sin and disobedience. There's going to be a day, a day of reckoning, the Bible says. And in the meantime, God God wishes and calls for all men to repent uh, before that day comes, Mike. And I think, again, going back to part of your question, too, Satan's wrath, it's just because we're human beings. Uh, we are created in the image of God. The Bible says we will be above the angels someday. And I don't think this set well with Lucifer and the third of the uh, stars as well that we find mentioned in the Bible. Um, and um, you, you see the devil destroys and loves to destroy human beings. And will use anything and by any means to destroy that person, whether it be drugs, money, success, whatever it is, get your eyes off God and experience an eternal judgment for 
uh, our rebellion to God. So I hope that helps, Joel. Yeah, that helps a lot. I guess I'm also just trying to establish a little more of a timeline. And so from what you said earlier, I guess that uh, the beginning of the 21 judgments in the book of Revelation would would actually begin the start of God's wrath, which which I'm going to speculate that means we would be raptured out uh, prior to the beginning of those 21 judgments, which means that the seven years of tribulation would be starting, would be coinciding with that timeline. Would you? Yes. Agree? Uh, yes. Something okay. else, uh, Joel, we, to remember as well is the the church is never mentioned again on earth after chapter 3. You'll find saints, those that believe in Christ during the tribulation period, and most of them are martyred, as we find there in Revelation chapter 6, but it's not the church. In fact, John was asked, who are these that are under the altar? And he says, beats me, I don't know. Who are they? And he said, these are the literally the martyrs that came up out of the tribulation period who had to die for their faith. And they cried with a loud voice, Oh, holy and true, how long before you avenge our blood? And the Bible tells us that God said, rest a little while longer till those that would be martyred as you join you. There's a specific time in which that judgment, that tribulation period does end. And uh, the judgment of God uh, on this earth will will uh, uh, separate the sheep from the goats, as we know. And those that uh, do not have the mark of the beast, those that accepted uh, Christ during the the tribulation, that for some reason didn't die, they'll go into the millennial reign of Christ, as well as the believing Jews. Um, but we have to remember again that this uh, whole uh, picture of the church, and people say, oh, well, the church has got to go through the tribulation. Show me one place in the book of Revelation where the church is here on earth during the tribulation. You find saints, you find the elect, but you don't find the church. They're found in heaven and uh, singing in the song. And remember, Jesus said this um, in, in Luke. He said, in Matthew, he said, count it all worthy that you would escape all these things, the very things that Jesus talked about, Luke 21, Matthew chapter 24, to escape all these things and to stand before the Son of Man. And we find the church standing before the Son of Man there in chapter 5, saying, who has redeemed us from every tribe, tongue, kindred, and nation? It's not speaking of just the Jews. It's talking about the world that believed in him, the Christians out of the world standing before the Lord. Any last thoughts, John? No, I would agree with that. And uh, I'm looking forward to the return of the Lord. I'm, I'm got my eyes set. I think we are closer. Our, our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. And I am looking forward to and a strong believer based on the biblical uh, promises for the rapture of the church taking place before the outpouring of tribulation and the wrath of the Lamb comes upon a Christ-rejecting world. Amen. So I hope that helps, Joel. Thanks. That helps a lot. And I think something we all need to remember is that uh, we we are supposed to occupy until he Amen. returns. Uh, we, we Keep looking up. You know, I tell everybody we're looking for the upper taker. So um, when Gabriel blows, we're out of here, man, and uh, looking forward to that.
Mm. Joel Stanley will send you out some books, some DVDs. And with that, we'll go to Brian in Gabs, Nevada. Hi, and welcome, Brian. Hi, pastors. Thank you for uh, what you guys do here on this program. So my question is from this this morning. I was reading in First John chapter 5. I don't have my Bible in front of me because I'm out and about, but in First John chapter 5, he talks about praying for those who sin, sins that do not lead to death, but there are others who sin, sin that leads to death, and, and that there was a distinction, and I wasn't sure what the meaning behind that was. Well, there's a lot of discussion on this mm-hmm. verse. Um, I personally believe that a person doesn't lose their salvation, they leave their salvation. Uh, we find this exemplified, Matthew chapter 24, the last few verses there. You find this mentioned in the entire book of Jude. The Bible says, he who is able to keep you from falling. But the question are, uh, the context of that verse that oftentimes is so misquoted, he who is able to keep you from falling. But the 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 verses before that verse in the book of Jude it talks about how God saved the nation of Israel out of Egypt, but because they refused to believe his promises, they died in the wilderness. And so here's where we run into some issues here. He's able to keep you from falling, but the rest of the chapter says, are you willing to have him keep you from falling? I believe that if we have any inclination at all, the Bible says a bruised reed, he will not break. Uh, 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 a smoking flax, he will not quench. What does that mean? If there's any signs of life at all, any little bit of fire at all, God will blow on it, try to get it to burst back into a flame again. But as we study in the book of Timothy, Second Timothy, the last chapter, chapter 4, Demas, having loved this present world, has departed. He doesn't say, so be sure to pray for Demas. Boy, I'll tell you, he was a good brother. You know, I was really bragging about him a lot in First Timothy, and he was. But he says, having loved this present world has departed. He doesn't say, so brothers, sisters, we want to really lift up Demas to come back to Christ. Doesn't say that. Why? Well, I believe this answer is found there in the book of John, First John chapter 5. If a person is struggling with their relationship, and they're having a hard time. Oh man, I believe what First John chapter 5 there says, we need to be brothers and sisters gather around the person. But if a person, once they know who Christ is, once they know this, and they choose to reject Christ, walk away, I believe that person is on their own. Because there's really nothing I can do to, to change that person's mind. You know the truth. Why aren't you walking in the truth? Now, why does the Bible say this? In the last days, because sin abounds, the love of many wax cold. Here we find it again. The Bible says, when Christ comes, will he find faith on the earth? You see, I believe all these are very important questions. I don't believe anybody ever pulls you out of the Lord's hands. But I do believe in moral free agency or free will. And I believe you can walk away. Now, I don't believe you just walk away and the Holy Spirit just says, okay, see ya. No, I don't believe that at all. I believe God will do all kinds of things to get a person to return conviction to bring that person back to Christ. But if a person is bent on their sin and they don't, they don't want to repent, 
really what John says is true. There's not much you can do. I'm not even saying to pray for that person. They know what the truth is. The Holy Spirit's been chiding with them to return back to Christ. And we find this also found in the book of Revelation, chapter 3. Jesus, addressing an entire church, says, and I won't blot your name out of the book of life. Well, you had to be in the book of life to get blotted out. So I, I have to conclude what Paul says coincides with 1 John 5. Demas, having loved this present world, has departed. And there's not one word about praying for him to return. Yet in 1 Timothy, you find what a help to the ministry he was. He just gave up. So is God done with that person? I don't know. But I know that God's the ultimate judge. But for anybody to say, oh, yes, they're still going to heaven. They just lost the reward. I don't find that in the Bible. That is some morphed uh, um, dogma that has emerged. And I don't know whether it's it's uh, to, to give people comfort uh, when they, they see somebody that they love um, slide back into the world. You know, Jesus said, watch and be ready. You don't know what hour your Lord's going to come. Now, if it doesn't make any difference, in other words, uh, you can do whatever you want once you're saved, uh, then why is Jesus jiving the church, lying to the church, saying, watch and be ready, you don't know what hour the Lord's going to come, if it doesn't make any difference? So to me, logically, if you look at all the verses that pertain to this, and like I say, I, I don't believe anybody will ever pull you out of the hands of God, as it says in John chapter 10. But I believe that, again, a person can leave on their own. And this is what the entire book of Jude is about. You don't hear the book of Jude taught much. And I believe there's reasons why. But the thing is, I think it's pretty clear uh, what this is. And so I didn't mean to go all the way around the mulberry bush to answer your question, Brian. But I believe that we have to look at all the other verses that would clarify what John says. If a person's bent, even knowing who Christ is, on partying down and going to hell, there's not much you can do about that. Your thoughts? Well, with 30 seconds left, I have a couple things to say on it. <laughs> but, but we will come um, back. We will we'll come, come back. back to it, yeah. And I think there is some question about a sin not leading to death, a sin leading to death. And as, as Pastor Mike mentioned, there's a lot of thoughts on this. I'd love to touch on that at the uh, second half, Pastor Mike. So we will do that. And uh, Brian, we don't want you to go away. And um, again, if you want to call in, the number 8888-ASK-CSN. We're coming up on that break. We don't want you to go away. And we'll have a whole lot more coming up right after this. If you are 65 or older, you know this. Watching your hard-earned dollars fly out the window on health care costs is frustrating. Well, here's something that can really help, and it's worth taking a minute to look into. MediShare 65 Plus. MediShare is a community of Christians who share each other's health care bills, and it really is a community, too. People encourage and pray for each other. 
Well, MediShare 65 Plus is a low-cost option for those with Medicare Parts A and B, and it fills in the gaps where Medicare stops. It's a great way to fight inflation, too. You can lock in one low monthly price for up to 10 years. And it's easy. You can use any Medicare-approved doctor or get 24-7 telehealth access from the comfort of your home. Very worth looking into during Medicare open enrollment, which ends December 7th. If you join right now, your second month share will be free. So don't miss this chance. Call 833-90-SHARE. That's 833-90-SHARE. 833-90-SHARE. In 2007, when Dan Steiner, president of Preborn, cried out to God, what can I do for you? The answer came loud and clear. I sense God's broken heart over the issue of abortion. You see, he sees every little baby that's being formed in the mother's womb, and it breaks his heart to see when the lifetime that he has planned for them is taken from them violently so often. But if we can get a mom into one of our clinics and show her her baby, and she has that uh, close encounter of the best kind in her womb, she will choose life. Preborn Network of Clinics have rescued over 200,000 babies from abortion. To learn more about the life-saving work of Preborn, call 855-668-BABY. That's 855-668-BABY. Or visit preborn.com. That's preborn.com. All gifts are tax-deductible. Your love can save a life. Jeremy Man and Answer here on this Tuesday afternoon with John Randall. I'm your host, Mike Kessler. On the phone, we have with us Brian from Las Vegas asking a question. In First John chapter 5, talking about John speaking about a sin that leads to death. Now, he said, I don't think we need to pray about that. Um, your thoughts, John? Yeah, First John chapter 5, verse 16, it says, If anyone sees a brother sinning a sin which does not lead to death, he will ask, and he will give him life for those who commit sin not leading to death. There is sin leading to death. I don't say that he should pray about that. All unrighteousness is sin, and there is sin not leading to death. You think, well, that's very clear. Actually, it's not exactly clear, and that's why there's so many questions on it. But what I find interesting, Mike, first of all, is that when John writes that, when he puts that in the letter— it's worth noting that John doesn't give an explanation concerning what he meant. Apparently, because those to whom he wrote the letter knew exactly what he was talking about when he was referring to it. And when you look at this particular passage, and as, as Pastor Mike mentioned in the first half of the broadcast, that there are a lot of different opinions. And oftentimes you'll have that. You'll have different people. And I'll just give you a couple. One opinion, some say that the sin unto death speaks of a terrible sin against God that cannot be forgiven. However, the Bible states that the blood of Jesus can cleanse a man from all sin, regardless of how awful it might be. And another opinion says, well, the sin unto death refers to apostasy from the faith. Another opinion says that some suggest if it says it refers to a physical death as a result of pursuing some sin. Then there's the fourth opinion that says sin unto death refers to the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. Folks, here's what we know about sin. 
Sin means missing the mark, and we have all missed the mark. In fact, we daily do. We all have sinned. The Bible says that and fallen short of the glory of God, and it says that the wages, the payment of sin is ultimately death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Regardless of what opinion you take on this particular passage of Scripture, here's what I like to do. What do I know for certain? Here's what I know for certain. There are sins that can lead to death. Physically, I think of Ananias and Sapphira, Mike, and they stood before Peter, and you talk about a sin that led to their immediate death. I think there are people who are involved in sins right now, maybe even listening to this program, that, hey, listen, what you're doing is going to lead to an early death. The things you're involved with, the things that you're pursuing, listen, this is going to destroy you physically, mentally, but also, Mike, there's a death spiritually that that one can experience. So how do I look at this verse? I look at the first part of this verse. If you see a brother sinning, then you go to him. You go to him. That that's what I I take from this and I just I read it for what it says. It says there's there's sin that leads to death and there's you don't need to pray about this or pray about you you go to them. Go to that brother, go to that sister and confront them in in love and hopefully they'll they'll turn back to the Lord. Yeah. So, I hope that helps, Brian. Sure. Yeah, that because I wasn't sure if that was like a specific sin or like you were saying earlier. Now you were saying it has a lot to do with our relationship with God and our relationship. Well, there, with there, there's yeah. there's a big difference between sins that we do uh, and and those things that that because God will forgive us no matter what we do if we'll ask. Mm. But that requires a relationship, and and again. I, I always love what Chuck Smith used to teach on on this whole idea and this topic was that I choose not to live my life in a question mark. There's enough verses in the Bible that seem to indicate you can walk away. And that's what he his his whole saying used to say was that it's really subjective. And it is because how how is it that you have all these verses of warning if it doesn't make any difference? And and I I think it's really amazing that that I find there if I look at other verses and again going back to Second uh, Timothy uh, chapter four concerning um, Demas having loved this present world has departed. There's no plea to uh, uh, any of the readers to pray for this guy. Now remember when he wrote concerning the guy. The, in, in Corinthians, who uh, had a relationship with his with his mother and uh, stepmother, and I don't know whether they were lipping on each other in the service or whatever it is they were doing, but whatever it was, he's saying, "You guys, you know, you're all patting yourself on the back. You, you love everybody, and you shouldn't have this guy. Put this guy out of the church. Turn him over to the day that he will repent and come back." Is the idea, but you don't find that concerning Demas having loved this present world. So I don't know. I, you look at, I got to look at all the verses, not just the ones my denomination over the years taught me. And I have to come to a conclusion. And then I have to look at the warnings that Jesus himself gave. Uh, and, and again, uh, watch and be ready. You don't know what hour your Lord's going to come. Um, when he comes, will he have fine faith on the earth? All these, Mm -hmm. these, these, these challenges, to not ever take our faith in God nonchalantly. It, it's serious in our relationship with God because not only, not only does the world, uh, depend on the message that we bring, 
But our well-being also is included that as well. Uh, Again, I tell people everywhere, always remember this. Sin never does you good. It always does you harm. You may not feel what it's doing to you now, but there's a hook in it, and that's why it's sin. God is not a cosmic killjoy that just goes, oh, I don't want Christians to have any fun. (laughs) Not at all. He knows more about lifestyles and habits and people than we do. And when God says, this is bad, it isn't that God is saying, oh, I don't want you to have any fun. You know, I've had people tell me that. They go, they go, well, how is it that God tells me not to do certain things? I can tell my kids, don't drink uh, toilet bowl cleaner under the, the bathroom cabinet. Well, Dad just doesn't want us to have any fun. See, Daddy knows more about certain things than kids do. Our Heavenly Father knows more about everything than we do. And if God says something is bad, it's bad. So there's no real allurement to the world when you're walking in the Spirit. Brian, I hope that helps. And uh, and um, I want you to stay in line. We'll send you out a couple of books, a couple of DVDs, okay? It does help. Thanks. Thanks for your help. Brian, God bless you. Good that you're reading your Bible. And uh, again, uh, all these things in God's Word to help us live better for Him every day. Let's go to Mike. Marilyn, hi, welcome. Um, good, uh, good evening, pastors. Thank you so much for everything that you do and your all, all your heart and good work and your teaching. I simply wanted to. I simply wanted to make a remark about the first caller and uh, his medical condition and his question about his faith and how he can navigate his faith from this point forward, if I may. Um, um, If faith, and I heard this uh, definition some years ago and I really appreciated it, if faith um, is believing what God says, then at some level that idea contains two parts. One is um, that we as human beings have the capacity to believe something, um, be it true or untrue. And God has the capacity to say things. And when our capacity to believe connects with what God has said, then um, that union of those two capacities is faith, and that becomes the conduit of information. Well, and also I believe in healings and all kinds of things. Now, one of the things, of course, we, we want to remember is that sometimes God heals by taking us home. And I know this is hard for a lot of people, but absent from the body, present with the Lord. And I I really believe that sometimes we have to be very, very sensitive to this because God ultimately knows. I've prayed for people to be healed. Sometimes they're instantly healed. Sometimes it's over a period of time. And sometimes the Lord takes them home. Uh, we, We know in the Bible, Paul uh, left some of his friends sick in different towns. He didn't say, well, you didn't have enough faith or, you know, you need to, you, you know, you need to, uh, 
uh, use some faith words or whatever. He didn't. He left them sick, and he didn't fault them. Paul writes to Timothy, and he says, take some wine for your stomach and your other infirmities. He didn't say, well, you know, Timothy, if you had a little more faith, you wouldn't be having these stomach problems right now. Didn't say that. He said, take some wine for your stomach and your other infirmities. And we, we know that, uh, which, which is interesting there, your stomach and your other infirmities. So he had, was troubled by more than just one. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, the Bible says. Your thoughts, John? Yeah, I would agree with that. I, I, again, I just find that, um, when the disciples said, Lord, increase our faith, that Jesus, you know, began to speak to them on that particular subject. And, and faith is something that grows. Um, and how, how does my faith grow? I, I realize as, as you mentioned, Mike, uh, from Maryland that, uh, listen, I, I serve a faithful God. This is who he is. He is consistent. He does not change. He's the same yesterday, today and forever. And I take hold of, how of of the way in which he has revealed himself, I believe it, and suddenly, um, you know, my faith meets with with what God has said, and, and I have. There's also the gift of faith, Mike, and there's moments when when God, I believe, gives us even a, a greater amount of faith that we need in moments when we really need it. But I, I think our faith grows and increases when we take hold of who God has revealed Himself to be. Uh, in the scriptures and what God has said. And, and sometimes I'll tell you, um, it's a challenge because your feelings can lie to you. The feelings can be up and down. And I feel this way and I don't. And when that happens, I have to come back to, okay, I may feel this way, but God, what have you said? And I choose to build my life on what you have said. And there I find my faith is rooted and grounded in something that is solid. I'm building on the rock and that rock is Christ. Mike, I hope that, uh, Hope that uh, um, adds a little more to it. And uh, do you have a question you'd like to ask us? You know, I was going to finish what I was going to say, and that is that at this moment in time, the gentleman is looking at a large set of facts. One of them is the diagnosis. And those set of facts, we can take the actual facts, not our interpretation, not our presumption, not um, some accusation about the facts, but the actual facts as the words of God, because God spoke and the universe came into being. And so the complete set of facts, one of them is the diagnosis. The other sets of facts have to do that at this very moment. God has also spoken that he should have a pulse and breathe and exist. So that yeah. larger set of facts is what we want to we want to take in the whole counsel of God. That's true. And we always have God's last word is the final word. You know, um, uh, I, I think that's, that's so important because the devil will lie to us uh, a lot. And I always have to go back, what does God's word say about this? Mm-hmm. And again, to enact our faith, so important, by his grace. Mike, stay alive. We'll send you out a couple of books, a couple of DVDs, if you like. And I want to say again, thanks for the encouragement. Let's go to Heidi in Minnesota. Hi, and welcome. Hi. Thanks for taking my call. Um, we were listening to uh, Charles Stanley, and he was speaking on Revelations 19. And I read beyond what he was talking about, and I seen Revelations 20. And I read it, and something jumped out at me on that one. 
It says that the beast and the false prophet were defeated, of course, and they were thrown into the um, lake of fire and brimstone alive. And that word alive jumped out to me because I'm like thinking, why would it be said alive? And then he was talking about Revelations 20, and it was after the millennial reign that Satan's rebellion was crushed, and he was thrown into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are. Yes. And my thought on this whole thing is there's a lot of questions about the events and the timing of the events that people ask. To me, these two chapters really um, answer a lot of those questions. But the one thing that did one one to ask about is where they were threatening in their lives. Well, it, it, certainly the idea of, of annihilation that so many of the cults teach is a lie because you couple that with the book of Jude where it says they'll be tormented uh, with fire uh, forever. So this, what would be the purpose of eternal fire? And they'll be tormented day and night forever. So this idea of annihilation or um, hell is a wonderful place uh, all of those are all lies from the pit of hell. Everybody lives, exists somewhere forever. And again, we're all determining right now where that's going to be. Your thoughts, John? Yeah, I think the fact that uh, it says that they are alive tells you that those who are separated from God in this real place that Jesus spoke about, that Revelation points to, that as much as people who have believed in Christ are alive to be absent from the body is to be with the Lord, are alive in heaven. So there will be people who will be alive eternally in a place called hell, separated from God, where the fire is never quenched, where the worm doesn't die, where there is eternal darkness. And there is a cognizance of the fact that you have rejected Christ. It is a very fearful thing to consider if you are not a Christian. And of course, with all the influence of contemporary thought and all the progressive nature of things, we don't want to talk about hell. We don't want to warn people about it. We want to tear those pages out of our Bible because, well, we don't want people to be offended and we want to be loving. And yet, how loving are you if you don't tell people the whole truth? I mean, let's let's really be transparent and honest here. If you're not telling people what the Bible says and you're pulling out things that have an effect on their eternal destiny, then do not say that you are loving. This is real. This isn't a farce. This isn't a yarn. This is this is God's word, living and breathing and powerful, and we need to adhere to it. This is a warning. And praise God, Mike, that um, we don't have to go there. We have the hope of heaven if we will turn to Christ. No matter wherever you are, you're listening today. Listen, you can pull over the side of the road right now listening to our voice, and you can pray and receive Christ, and you can know beyond the shadow of a doubt that you're on your way to heaven. And if you don't have that assurance, friend, you're going in the wrong direction. But today can be a change for you. But this is real. They are alive. That's what the Bible says. Amen. Heidi, I hope that helps. It does. Um, I just thought that the word alive is really weird, not weird, but 
it really jumped out at me that they were thrown in there alive. That's the first time I've read anybody was thrown in there alive. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's what the Bible says. So the Eternal idea life. of uh-huh. annihilation, just not what the Bible says. So Heidi, stay on line. We'll send you out a couple of books, a couple of DVDs. I think you'll really enjoy sharing with your friends, especially over the holidays. And uh a uh, good uh, good opportunity to uh, witness for the Lord. Stay in line. We'll get you taken care of. Let's go to Amber, Idaho. Hi, welcome. Hi there. Can you hear me? Yes, we can. How may we help? Hi. Um, thanks for taking my call. I've been listening to you guys for years. I'm native Idahoan, um, but I just wanted to call because uh, I know that you guys are aware. Sorry, I'm going to roll this up and... Forgive me, I have a special needs son, so he's in the back with me and might get a little impatient. But um, mm. uh, everything just feels like it's falling apart. And um, I have two disabled boys, and oh, it is yeah. really hard to hang on to my face. <laughs> and I don't even feel oh, like yeah. I can. And I just, <laughs> there's just so much of my own suffering that has already. We've already, just a minute, buddy. We've already been going through, my husband and I, we have so much tension and so much stretching and so many unjust things we've had to endure. And on top of it, I really tried to find God's purpose and plan in my suffering and in our struggles and knowing that he causes all things to work for good and that there is plan and a purpose. And I've tried to start things and get involved in things and followed what I feel like God has led me to do in church. And I've just seen so much. Okay. Later. Stop, please. I've tried to follow, um, so many, we can go, we can get Luke. Yes, we can go if you're calm. Okay. I've tried to do so many things and honestly been so discouraged at what I've seen in the church. And, mm-hmm. and I just have stopped like my husband. And I just, I try not to be jaded, but watching like this population, my children, like they were accepted and loved when they were little and cute and now they're big and now we don't fit anywhere. Amber, I'm so, so grateful and so glad that you call today because your little kids, God made them that way. I think sometimes God puts kids like yours in the world to show people how much they really lack inside and compassion and love. If everybody was perfect in a perfect world, you would never know those who have compassion and those that don't. Your your thoughts. Yeah, Amber, I um you know, you're definitely uh Obviously, everything you said, the tears you're crying, the, the you can hear the the what what you're going through, and I just I wish I could say I had all the answers. I really don't, but I do know that the Lord has answers, and I um, I know that when we do suffer, the Lord is aware of it. And if there's anybody who can step into our suffering and knows what it feels like, it would be Jesus, and and that's what makes him the great physician. And and you know the Bible says that. He is near to the brokenhearted and that he saves such as have a contrite spirit. 
And, you know, everybody, you know, you look at Jesus' ministry and who are the people he looked for? He, he looked for the one who was by the pool for 38 years and, and everybody had overlooked him and he ministered to him. He looked for the man who was paralyzed in his bed and, and said, rise and walk. He, he, he found the man who had the withered hand. He saw the man who was blind, the man who couldn't walk. I mean, these are the people that Jesus uniquely came for to minister. And and it's going to be our prayer today for you and your your precious family that the Lord would meet you right where you are today. There's no easy answer to what you're asking. I just know that the God that we serve, the Bible says, is the God of all comfort. And he has ways of comforting and strengthening us in the midst of what we're going through. And and that's what I'm going to pray for you, sister. I mean, I just, my heart goes out to you today. And, and all who are listening, hey, be praying right now, just collectively for Amber Amen. and her family and, and this, this precious family in the side of the Lord, that the Lord would minister to you. Amber, uh, can we pray for you? Yes. Um, I just wanted to say one more thing. I feel like we have, my husband and I have a, a purpose to show others and be and lead in suffering, not just those with special needs children, but it just, please pray because I just feel my heart hardening and just so much anger and frustration, even with God, just, you know, seeing things just, it seems like never going right, you know? And yeah. So yeah. Amber, let's pray. Let's pray. Father. Yeah. Just ask you for a miracle here. I can tell in Amber's voice that she's so, so distraught. And we just lift her up to you. And we just ask you that you would give her a double portion of your love and your grace in her life. Lord, I am sorry for the way people have treated her. Lord, we've all been treated poorly. I have. I know John has. By people oftentimes that call themselves Christians that are high ranking in the church. But you know what, Lord, that doesn't matter. Because your heart in us is what matters. Mm -hmm. And so I pray that you would give her, just pour your bucket of golden love all over her right now and just let her know how much you love her and how much you have not forgotten her. And I am so, so glad you had her call today. And Lord, I just pray that you would bless her family. Mm -hmm. Lord, you would continue to restore her kids, God, heal them up. Lord, we also ask you that you would bring a, a, a healing and a, and a soothing God in, in her marriage as well, because things like this are so stressful. Life just generally is stressful. And then you have a special needs issues and God, it's so hard. So Lord, our prayers, Lord, would you, that you would just lift her up, mm -hmm. give her a heart of joy in Father, that let her know that there is a place where it will be better. And Lord, not to look at everything in her past as that what will be in the future. But God, as King David said, your promises are new every morning. And so, Lord, let her know that there's a better hope. The best is yet to come. In Jesus' name, amen. We'll be praying for you, Amber. Thank you. And uh, I'll send you some books and DVDs. Perhaps you can get your family to watch them. Your kids might really enjoy watching them as well. And uh, if you need us, listen, we're here for you. Don't don't feel you're all alone out there. Mm -hmm. And uh, we've all experienced, uh, I think, a lot of what you've experienced as well. Just stay faithful to God. 
He's faithful to you. Stand line. We'll get you taken care of. Dan, the rest, please call us back. We'll put you on first thing tomorrow. John, thanks so much for being on today. My pleasure, brother. Look forward to being back with you. God bless you. Keep looking up. About this ministry or to receive a copy of today's program, please call 1-800-357-4226 or write us to Every Man and Answer, P.O. Box 391, Twin Falls, Idaho, 83303. That toll-free number is 1-800-357-4226. Subscribe to the free podcast on iTunes by searching for To Every Man and Answer in the iTunes store or visit us online at csnradio.com slash T-E-M-A. To Every Man and Answer is a production of CSN International, the Christian Satellite Network. The opinions expressed by our guests may or may not be those of CSN International or of this station. 